And then I get nervous and then I start talking faster and then my mm -hmm. voice gets like tighter. But I was like, we have to have these conversations. And if I can't have them with you, then who can I have them yes. with first? Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. Hey, me searchers. You're listening to the me search podcast and we're your hosts. My name is Dustin Domingo. And I am Crystal Tugatti. And on this show, we have critical, messy, and fun conversations with each other, with friends, and with leaders in the community. Together, we'll unpack important issues, learn, and unlearn what we think we know about what it means to be Filipino. And today on the show, we're talking about a little more than a pesky thing in the workplace. <sighs> harassment. So pesky harassment, pesky, that is. Pesky, pesky, <laughs> um, pesky. We're going to be talking about why does this happen? How can we prevent Lord. it? Um, and how can we respond to instances of harassment? Would love to know. <laughs> Would love to know. <laughs> and joining us to unpack this is Dax Valdez, who is a senior trainer for an organization called Right to Be, which focuses on preparing new leaders to create workplaces, schools, and communities around the world that are filled with humanity and free of harassment. Welcome, Dax Valdez! Hello. What it do? Hi, Dustin. Hi, Crystal. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Um, for everybody listening, before we hit record on this podcast, Dax asked us a really fun question, uh, and we want to post him the same question. So before we delve into the actual planned discussion questions for this particular episode, I want to ask you, what has, what's, what's made you smile? What's brought you joy in the last seven days? Um, I will share two things, one work-related, one personal moment of joy. I had an in-person training with a company down in D.C., I really like being in shared physical space when teaching this material because that human connection, what we're trying to prevent and create those respectful workplaces is super important. And you miss that virtually. Personal moment of joy was getting to go dancing on Saturday night and just uh, feel the wiggle. Ooh, okay, feel that wiggle. Feel that wiggle. Yeah. Feel that wiggle. <laughs> We love a wiggle. We love a wiggle moment. <laughs> I love it. So often we forget, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So often we forget. I love to wiggle. <laughs> I'm not the best at wiggling, but I sure do hey, enjoy it. All the wiggles. Here for all the wiggles. Yeah. Yes. All right. So Dax, you you train folks in areas related to preventing harassment, making the workplace a better place. So to set up our conversation and to give listeners context, what does harassment look like? So harassment can come in many forms. It can come from overt instances, the ones that we're often familiar with, like inappropriate touch or being yelled at or, you know, getting a communication in all caps to somebody just being irritated with you or they just don't like you. So every time you speak, you're ignored or they just roll their eyes. Um, even to the little 
nonverbal communications that we often dismiss as like overt. So maybe this is just talking over somebody. Somebody offers up an idea, but somebody else speaks over that. So they're not heard or they start to minimize, or we don't say anything to them when they enter a space. Or perhaps it's those other things like microaggressions, you know, like, uh, where are you from? California? Where are you really from? San Francisco? Where are you really, really from? Mm. You know, and then getting to kind of dig in and then make you feel othered. So it is a range of all of those behaviors. Mm. And then some of it, you know, like, and where it comes from, it come, come from like a misunderstanding. I didn't know that I was doing these things, whether intentional or unintentional, or it can come from something like power dynamics, like your boss is just, that's just the way they are. Or it can come from more, I don't want to say insidious, but when you think about the word bias, right, we start to think about all of the negative things that are associated with it. But Really, that's just shortcuts for our brain. And we learn those behaviors and those actions and those thoughts from the people around us. So our family, friends, and culture. And Crystal, just like you said, right? Because we learn these things, we have to do the work of unlearning them. Mm-hmm. So I think one thing that you, or you kind of got me thinking because you made the statement, oh, I could have done something. It was me who did this and i was thinking just now maybe i have engaged in these behaviors and i most certainly have like i can probably recall moments where i've definitely like talked over people or like let the dom- let the power dynamic play out and in the moment it's not something that i'm like conscious about and it's hard for me yeah right now to like admit that because i think when we when listeners are taking in this episode they probably they're probably coming into this thinking like how can i prevent harassment from happening to me but it's not just that i feel it's like there are moments where people are also perhaps engaging in those behaviors and they may not know that they're harassing someone else or we think about like harassment, right? That's such a that's such a, a big that's a big overarching umbrella for a range of behaviors. Mm-hmm. So like at Right to Be, we talk about disrespect in the mm-hmm. workplace versus harassment because that also then will enact a whole set of other procedures and policies based on the organization, right? They have their own ways of how to deal with harassment. So when we look at these behaviors, we talk about it on a spectrum of disrespect. So those things that we are aware of or those interactions that like were, we had no idea that it would be hurtful or that it wasn't cool. I had no idea that, you know, I thought that the blanket statement, I thought you all ate dog, right? That's something that I I was taught about Filipinos or something that was reinforced you know, throughout school. And I know like, you know, we all have some variations on those kinds of statements. So it is really about the opportunity of like, when you know people who are making those hurtful or disrespectful statements, giving them a moment to like call them in and say like, hey, you know, that isn't true. And you know why it's hurtful when you say this because of X, Y, Z. And again, this other person was like, 
will probably hopefully be like, I, I had no idea. And then they can start to adjust their behavior or their interactions accordingly from there. Or, you know, like if it's somebody that you don't really talk to at work, they might just double down on that statement. And then you might have to then avail of what resources are in place at your place of employment to then get that behavior addressed. But we want to like talk about those interactions before essentially bringing in other people to help us deal with those situations if we can help it. Mm. <sighs> That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is, right? But it's like also, you know, we think like we go through life just like in our own lane. So we've got a, a routine. We've got uh, a bunch of rituals that were used to doing and then something when somebody presses up against that or pushes back that's when it's like whoa whoa what are you doing so mm -hmm. really the, the the calling in is just like taking time and allowing yourself to like be uncomfortable as well because when we think about trying to be a good ally for one another mm -hmm. that's gonna have to get us out of that comfort zone so really like take the earphones out you know lift your head up make eye contact really try to connect with this person and hope that there is an information and energy exchange that is good for everyone involved. I've recently had <laughs> to um, deal with harassment. Um, it's kind of an interesting space because um, I'm an educator at for a nonprofit, and I so I travel from different affordable housing communities, um, and I offer free classes, um, and I'm not going to talk about like um, people I have to like organizationally work with but like students um because i i teach like little little ones all the way to like 92 year olds and so it is like a spectrum of things so like for me like as teacher i'm also thinking about like um i don't like to say you guys you know like i have to be uh i yeah. remembering things and I, it's so like in my mouth and in my body and it's like uh stop stop it stop it ah, stop it you know but like so i i'm i'm always like trying to check myself um oh, there's not so much um but when it comes to like people you're serving i like i'm really curious about like what your thoughts are when i have um students who might be saying harassy things and I don't know, just in the moment. Like, I know that I can, I can, I have support from like my direct reports. Um, and, but when it comes to like in those moments where like you need to speak up and you are in a place of serving, like, how would you approach such a thing? <laughs> uh, you know, like, I think, um, so we've got five, the five D's of bystander intervention. Mm -hmm. And, it is a range of strategies that you can scale to your own comfort level. So 
you know, if it was um, somebody that you see on the regular, right, you know, you could ask them, and this is a form of direct intervention, hey, what do you mean when you say that? Or what's so funny about that joke you just said? And that gives them a little bit of space to be like, oh, is what I'm saying hurtful? Is it offensive? And maybe that's the space that they need to realize, oh, yeah, that isn't um, that isn't appropriate for this space. That's not a, a great thing to say to a fellow student or a colleague. Or again, you know, they may just not be aware of how they move through the world because, you know, folks, as we know, like will experience the world differently depending on how they present. So maybe also just because of how they move through the world, they don't have to think about the consequences of their words and actions, but also as an educator, right? And also as language evolves, we're constantly trying to adapt and adapt as quickly as we can. And so that's also the 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 part that we should uh, not be so hard on ourselves because it's a learning process for everyone. So, hey, I overheard you say this to, you know, Dustin last week, and I don't think you maybe are hearing how it sounds or this is why it is inappropriate for you to say something like that because historically X, Y, Z, or, you know, that kind of talk is making me uncomfortable and I'm sure it's making your fellow student uncomfortable. So you might want to think about what you're saying and how you're saying it, or even just please stop could mm -hmm. work as well. And, you know, because we have a, a range of folks that we, we, um, have to interact with these intervention strategies range from distract you create a distraction to disrupt the moment so that's dropping something or that's starting a conversation with a stranger or a student you don't have to talk about the harassment you talk about something completely unrelated you can delegate you can ask other people to help hey crystal i see dustin looks like he's uncomfortable can you tell him to come over here so i can talk to him and we get people out of the situation so that's a combination of those two distract and delegate in action. You can document it. So if it is occurring repeatedly in the workplace, perhaps you just write down who said what, when it happened, and then how this made you feel. And then maybe that's just like Dax saying inappropriate jokes in every weekly staff meeting. It's making me uncomfortable. I don't feel like I need to elevate it just yet. But when I do, if it becomes out of hand, if that behavior gets worse, then you have some uh, record of what was said before and then sometimes screenshotting like if you're getting an email or a text that's inappropriate screenshotting to document it is um, useful we talked about direct and then I want to do the last well it's the next to last one but there's also delay and that's checking in with the person who experienced that uncomfortable moment because sometimes we just see something and we hope that the other person is going to be okay but Hey, Crystal, I heard what, you know, my classmate said to you, I'm really sorry that happened. Are you okay? Right? Because sometimes we just don't slow down and notice the impact that those kinds of behaviors have or those kinds of statements because a one-off instance, hey, where are you from? California. Might be a case of, you know, curiosity, but when somebody is getting constantly questioned about where they belong or being asked to be able to make blanket statements for all Asians or all Filipinos, 
that can get exhausting. And then you start to feel stressed out because it's like, do I have to like be able to answer for everyone or you just feel uh, activated every time you enter a class because you don't know what's going to happen next or who's going to say something or um, if I'm just going to be ignored. So it's a whole range of all of these things that we want to be able to identify. And then when we see those things happening, we've got some strategies that we can use to address that behavior and then check in on the well-being of the person who was affected. That was a lot. And a lot of really good information. That was so helpful. (laughs) (laughs) So helpful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just having that vocabulary, especially like in those moments where, because like I want to address things like right away, but I'm just like, uh, uh, I might blow my top, (laughs) you know? So slowing down. And, like, asking what did you mean by that, like, is, like, super, 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 super helpful. Still scary, but helpful. I will – yeah, but I will put that in my mouth and my body. It's it's practice, right? Because, like, you you, you feel like, ooh, what is that, right? And now I know what that feels like, and I can step a little beyond that out of my comfort zone just to be able to hopefully – I don't want this to happen again or to continue happening, so I got to ask – or my other favorite one for like strangers, you know, is ouch. Somebody says something ouch, and then they'll turn and say, "What? What? Uh, what you? What you said? I didn't know we still said things like that." And then you know that's that pause, and then maybe there's a space to invite them into that conversation mm. too. I imagine that it could be difficult when there's a po- power dynamic. When you're like documenting things and you had mentioned like there might be an opportunity where you would have to escalate something. I just imagine folks might be, I would be afraid of like retaliation. Like what maybe words would you have for folks who are afraid of trying to address a situation that involves somebody in a position of power, like somebody who's in a higher position of power? Yeah. So, you know, when we're afraid of speaking up, right, we know that if we don't say something, that behavior continues. So, you know, you can scale these intervention strategies, again, for your comfort level. So in some cases, delegate might be helpful. So the person that we're asking for help, they might be better friends with the person in that position of power, or they might have more seniority than them depending on your relationship with them so hey crystal you know i know you know dustin really well would you mind speaking to him about what he said you know i know i'm the junior member on the team i don't feel comfortable saying something do you think you could help me out here so there's ways to delegate that action there's also like you know delay just checking in on that person right because Again, so many times these things happen, we just brush it off. That's just the way it is. That's the culture of the company. Or, you know, he's old school. That's just how he communicates. Mm -hmm. But not everybody is receptive to that. And again, it's just hopefully um, bringing a little bit more awareness into the workspace. Sometimes we're waiting for somebody else to do something 
And that's that bystander effect. And even just saying, is everything okay? Or what's going on here as a way of bringing some attention to what's going on. Maybe that's all that's needed for everybody else just to step back and maybe those individuals self-correct and nothing else has to be addressed for the moment. And then sometimes it's just like, this is how they are. I'm just going to chalk it off to like, you know, men being men, although that feels like uh, such an old um, trope, but you know, that's just the way the culture is. But is that the kind of culture you want to exist in where you're feeling like stressed out about showing up to work, if you're going to be ignored or if everything you do is going to be micromanaged or like rejected. So all of those five D's are ways to support. And it's also just important to know that there might be resistance to all of these things, right? Like I don't feel comfortable speaking up. That's okay. Cause now you know that you're feeling that, discomfort, what else would I be able to do so that I'm still feeling comfortable? I don't feel comfortable talking to Dustin directly because he's my manager. So then take hey, Crystal. Do you think you could speak to him because you're tighter? You have a longer relationship. He can act. He respects what you have to say. So there's all of those ways that we can start to combine those together as well. Cause one is effective, but in combination, these are really much more powerful. And then other people who are watching, oh, they actually said something. Maybe I should say something next time, or maybe I can ask Dustin for help, or I can tell Crystal, hey, don't talk to me like that. In a respectful way, of course. But, you know, so that's the nice thing about these strategies is that you don't have to be direct with all of them because you know we all think it's going to be like arnold schwarzenegger stopping into the room and everybody stops what they're doing it doesn't really happen like that it happens in those smaller gray areas the smaller interactions maybe it is the conversation at the copy machine or just um nodding and smiling at somebody who got um yelled at and then actually saying something to them, I'm sorry that happened. What do you need to be supported? What do you need right now? What can I help you with? So it's that care um, as much as we can. And as a member of the Filipino community and doing the work that you do, I imagine that you have that very specific lens that you use when you're in like Filipino spaces uh do you have you observed any like shared experiences or have folks like come to you with like examples that you feel like oh this is a very common example that's specific to like a Filipino experience I will say when I first started um with right to be I started in the summer of 2020 and so there are all of these Black Lives protests happening. And then also concurrently, the wave of anti-Asian attacks. And when we got into the spring of 2021, that's when a lot of this just kind of erupted. And having these conversations 
with family and friends, um, especially like through the lens of anti-blackness and colonialism within the Filipino community, that diaspora is so broad and, you know, folks who immigrated here and settled the older generation versus, you know, um, friends my age that might've been born abroad and then moved here, friends and family who grew up here. And this is what we know. And like, it is uh, a range of seeing these behaviors outside of the workplace. Right. But like, uh, I'm, when I go back to the Philippines, I'm not Filipino enough or because I don't speak Tagalog or Ilocano, I'm not Filipino enough. And then when I'm raising some concerns or questions about how we interact with each other, you know, like being told, you know, don't play out in the sun too long, you might get dark. And then having to figure out why did our parents say that? And what is the value that is assigned to somebody who is darker skin versus lighter skin? And then mm. thinking about those beauty standards that are imposed upon us. So while those examples are specific to the Filipino experience, we can scale that out and think about just the systems and structures that we exist in that make us think like that. Mm. that's a whole other un unpacking but like yes. right we think about like where we are and then like how we want to move the proverbial needle forward so being able to challenge your like titos and titas hey that is we don't say things like that anymore or you know like that is a great distract to like break up the moment or um you know get out of our comfort zone and really kind of challenge their thinking. And we may not address that behavior from stopping or those comments from, you know, being circulated amongst, um, you know, their crowd, but hopefully one of those times that starts to make them think, Oh yeah, maybe they'll next, the next time they have that conversation with somebody else, it'll be reflected that that experience isn't true or those statements or those beliefs, they can be challenged in a way that makes the other person step back and just be like, ah, oh, okay. And then maybe like, was I wrong? I don't know, but I'll think about it. I'll think about it differently now. Or maybe they are open to meeting somebody new or different. Yes. I love this. I think, I think, um, getting that practice in with, um, with family is like super hard, but like, it's, um, it's a start. <laughs> it's definitely a start. I, my, my family. Yeah. Like, especially because <laughs> they were the ones, they were the ones who were like, I was trying this out actively on. And, you know, sometimes it would just be like, uh, here he goes. Yeah. But, you know, yes. knowing oh, that God. it is coming from a good place, coming from a good place. And I was like, I know, I know how I'm coming across right now, but like, we got to, and then I get nervous and then I start talking faster and then my mm -hmm. voice gets like tighter. But I was like, 
we have to have these conversations. And if I can't have them with you, then who can I have them first? Right. Cause like, if we're able to take care of ourselves and challenge like those around us who are closest to us, change then ripples out a little bit faster because then even if it's like, you know, they don't agree with what you're saying, but the conversation that our parents have with their friends or their Mm -hmm. cousins or their siblings, it's like, that ripple effect comes just a little bit, you know, and we don't know this impact that we could have in, in those moments. Seismic shifts. Yeah. Small ones. It feels good to know, like, and, and just in this conversation, like you hear, like me hearing you say that you're getting eye rolls, (laughs) you know, um, I feel so validated because the eye rolls and the, uh, and like the feeling that they're probably in the background saying, God, what a fucking bitch. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, yo, but I'm just, I'm just trying to get things right. You know, <laughs> like I'm coming from a place of love and like, like this, like, like relentless need and want for like peace and everyone to just fucking win, <laughs> you know? So like, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I'm I'm glad that um there's someone out there who's also getting eye rolls and that I'm not totally berserk. <laughs> no, and I think it's like, you know what, like everything all the conversations that we have, you know, with with family and friends, like you're also not alone in this work, right? Yeah. It is right. it is a, a constant process, but like we're all we're all engaged in it. So ho- hopefully there's some solace there. It's like, you know, when Lola is going, oh, enough, not again. Right. Like, um, <laughs> it, it, that's just one of many reactions happening. But again, hopefully the more that we have them and start to condition people, hopefully they soften and then are receptive to those things. Um, what, the things that we're, offering or saying i remember having a conversation with my mom and one of my aunts around pronouns Mm. and you know but it was like it was like it was a it was a lean-in conversation really like thoughtful and asking about like well why why are we doing it and what is the importance and i was super glad to have that conversation or at least start to help connect some threads for them or you think about just like, like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas moment. You your your uncle that will you know get a little too tipsy on the tandoi, um, and then <laughs> start to spout something that is mm, probably homophobic um, mm. or racist. And mm-hmm. I, you know we have these similar figures in our lives, but you know just being able to challenge that that type of talk does not always have to be here and then maybe one of your younger cousins was like yeah i always wanted to say something but i was scared but thank you for just doing it the way you did because now i know that if it happens again i've got something that i could use and maybe i've got a few other things that i could try as well or i would not be as scared to try we can do it y'all we can do it <laughs> yeah yeah and that that's that's the nice thing about this right it's like being able to recognize these things for what they are and then figuring out 
how how do I show up? How comfortable am I showing up? And whether it's a scale of like one to five, is it one a little? Yeah, I can scale all of these intervention strategies to that one, or I can do a five. Most of us are never really out of five, but like it's again, it's in all those like gray areas. Maybe it's a two point five for this person at work, or maybe it is an emphatic five to say, I'm so sorry that happened. What do you need right now in order to, you know, feel supported? What can I do for you? So it's a range. It's a range. And, you know, we show up to the world different each day, different and the same. Yes. Yes. And on that note, um, with all this wealth of information that we have received from you, um, is there like one specific action that maybe our listeners can implement immediately to help create a harassment-free space? Yeah, and I think this this would be a challenge for everyone. Mm-hmm. When you when you hear something that is inappropriate or offensive, take a moment and acknowledge that and like lean in a little bit more. Hey, what's so funny about that joke you just said? Or tell me more about what you mean when you say blank. And that I think like physiologically will prime us because we're thinking, okay, sweaty palms. I'm like a little nervous about having this conversation, but then, you know, you never know how the conversation might go. Or again, you know, you might find that you've brought awareness to what's going on. And again, not everybody is direct like that, but that is a challenge to see like what you feel comfortable addressing, or if not, see if you can get somebody else to support you in that. Hey, would you mind saying that? So I think it is just with what is going on in the world right now and thinking about trying to keep each other safe, really being able to address those inappropriate comments or those questions or those um, off-color jokes before they escalate into something that is more serious, the things that are going to make the news, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to get in there and stop it from happening. And that is really just going to require us to have an open awareness and move out of our comfort zone at times. And it's okay. It's going to be a constant practice because you may not get it right the first time. You may not get it right the second time. You may not even get it right the 10th time, but there's always, there's always movement forward. So it's practice. It doesn't have to be perfect. It is the fact that we tried and we did and we said something. Mm. I feel like that's my biggest takeaway. It's like, it's going to be hard, but it does take practice. So just try. Because eventually yeah. it'll get easier. And you start to build yeah. those muscles for yourself. Right. Okay, I know how this will like usually go. So maybe I'll do it again or I'll try a different tactic based on who's around. Right. It's a muscle. We got to flex that. Yeah, let's flex it, y'all. Yep. Flex it. Let's flex it. <laughs> flex it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, definitely a lot of food for thought and appreciate you being here with us. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. And um, can we can we uh, check out your organization? Where can we do that? 
So you can find us on our website, righttobe.org. We also have socials that you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. We are on TikTok as well. We work with a lot of different communities and partners across the nation as well, uplifting what harassment looks like for different communities. So it really takes all of us in this work to stop harassment. So hopefully in the next, you know, the next couple of years, we would not need to have these trainings because everybody knows how to take care of each other and what constitutes disrespect. Well, thank you for being one of the leaders um, in our community to help us learn how to treat each other with more love and kindness and respect. Um, Like so much, so much respect for you and what you're doing. And we're so grateful that you've been on our show. We've learned so much. And I, yeah, just so grateful for everything you had to share today. Me searchers, y'all give it up one more time for Dax Valdez. Dax Valdez. Everybody, don't forget to be me searcher. Follow us at me search podcast and check us out online at me search podcast.com. And as always, we're gonna get to the bottom of things. This is me search, folks. Woo!